Welcome to The Founder's Mind. This is your host, Adam Mutchler. On today's episode, I have Diego, founder of Together International. In this episode, Diego shares his journey as a community builder, advocate, entrepreneur, and founder. Before we get to Diego's episode, a quick note. Tomorrow, Thursday, September 27th at 9 a.m. Eastern, Diego joins me at 1776's DC campus with several other guests to discuss bias and its impacts and how to recruit more allies. If you can't make it in person to the panel, we'll have it streamed live. You can find the link on our website and on social channels. Now to Diego's story. Diego, welcome to The Founder's Mind. I'm excited to be here. I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. And we're at 1776's DC campus. Yeah, exactly. We've got a lot of campuses now. You're right. And I like to start usually just by asking if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, give the listeners an idea of who you are, what you're up to. Sure, sure, sure. So my name is Diego, um, and I, I am an American citizen by mistake. Okay. So my parents were shopping, and my parents are both from Mexico, and they were shopping for baby stuff. And apparently I've always been really stubborn, even before I was born, because I was born six months and a half into my mom's pregnancy. Okay. So pretty tiny baby, to give you an idea, right? My entire body, like everything could fit in the palm of my of the hand of my mom. Wow. So pretty small. So that, um, as a result of that, I have cerebral palsy, which actually we can get into a whole conversation of what language is very comp- is very problematic. Uh-huh. Cerebral palsy manifests in different people in different ways. Yeah. For me, it manifests on trouble walking and sort of like just uh, balance and stuff like that. But anyway, so I uh, <clears throat> I have cerebral palsy. I grew up in Mexico, and growing up in Mexico with a disability versus growing up in the states with a disability, it's very different. Very different experiences. There's not enough. I mean, there's not not to say there's enough. There there is significantly fewer laws and regulations and structures to support people with disabilities. And so I constantly in Mexico. In Mexico. I mean, in here too, yeah, one yeah, could make course. an argument. Right. There's a dis- there's a comparable difference between living with a di- living with a disability in Mexico and living with a disability here. Mm-hmm. And so I always had to fight against the system. And I always I mean, my parents had to fight against schools that wouldn't let me in because I had a disability. Um, I couldn't use public transportation. One classmate, actually, when I was little, told me like, my dad doesn't let me play with weird kids, like things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had to sort of overcome challenges. And that is inherently an entrepreneurship mindset, yeah. right? Of like overcoming challenges, solving problems. And so by nature, I was entrepreneurial. Um, I, I've literally fallen down on the floor like thousands of times in my life. Mm-hmm. And so inherently I was entrepreneurial. In high school, I decided to start a student group that was all about teaching students kind of how to talk about disability. And so we would do things like eating without being able to see or using public transportation in a wheelchair or communicating without speaking. And that model, those activities were like gateway to start a conversation about disability. Yeah. And, and, um, and I would say... 
the model grew very rapidly. I mean, in four years, we were in 15 high schools across the country, approximately. Uh, 80% of it was corporate funded. We were impacting about 3,000 students nationwide. This is while you were in high school. This was while I was in high school, yeah. And, you know, I think that it's still the largest student-led program educating other students about disability. Mm -hmm. It is, um, I mean, I think there are some problems with it now in hindsight. Uh, (laughs) I think there are some serious or significant problems with it. At the same time, I take that experience and I apply it to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I did it and I w- couldn't, like, I wouldn't change a thing. I think I'm a much better entrepreneur now because of that. So anyway, so I, needless to say, I mean, that whole experience made for a very compelling admissions essay. And so I decided to go to the U.S. for college. And because I'm a U.S. citizen, I have access to, you know, all these resources, especially as a person with a disability. And so I decided to go to the U.S. for college. I went to American University. I ended up being dismissed from the university because I was focusing all my time in building this other company, Uh Together International, which meant when I was dismissed from the university, I was literally homeless because I was living in the dorms. And so now, you know, I didn't have a place to live. So... Thank God a friend like let me crash on her couch for like two uh, weeks. And then another another friend let me crash on his couch for like a couple months until I found a place of my own. But literally, and then at that point, I was literally knocking on people's doors and saying like, hey, you know, I need a job. Like anywhere I would, I would wake up and I would go. I would just walk on the streets and look for signs that said, like, hiring. Yeah, yeah. And every time I would walk up to the manager or whatever, they would, they, I could see in their face, like, oh, my God, this is a person with a disability. How are we going to hire them? Yeah, yeah. It was a very, it was a very real experience and really kind of frustrating feeling that without knowing anything about me, I was just being judged on the basis of my disability. Sure. And so that made me really kind of frustrated. And I said, you know, if people aren't going to hire people with disabilities like me, we have to find a better way. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I had already started working on building this company together internationally in, in college. Once this whole like experiences started to happen, I was like, no, no, I need to be really serious about <laughs> this company and so I decided to like focus on this kind of full time and it took a really long time to figure out exactly kind of what we were doing but at the same time my own experiences helped shape that and so now kind of what we do is well first I guess I should talk about what I was doing like what allowed me to sustain the work that I was doing with Together International. I was at this point, I was in my friend's couch, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't have a job. Oh, and, and I would go to people's, you know, to try to get jobs, and nobody would give me a job. And so I started, I posted on Care.com, and I was like... Care.com? Yeah, Care.com, because I was a... I'm obviously originally from Mexico, mm-hmm. and, and so I speak Spanish, and so I was like, I can tutor. I had no idea how to tutor. I had never tutored. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? 
Like, how hard could it be? So basically, I would post on on care.com and I would say like tutor in Spanish and math because those were my strongest yeah. um, subjects. Um, math was my strongest subject. And sometimes I would get calls to tutor like chemistry or things like that. And I would be like, sure, I can teach that. And so I would read, I would read the, I would ask the kids to like send me the book um, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So I would read to it really quickly <laughs> and learn the material and then teach it to, to, to other people. And I started making more money that way than most of the people that had graduated with me, you know, that yeah, yeah. were graduating. And so that was fun for a while. Then I got, then we got this really big contract. Well, I mean, big contract, $10,000. Yeah. And when you are like struggling, yeah. for me, $10,000 was like, wow, I made it. No, I mean, it's, so, I have, a, I had a similar experience. Actually, I, I took classes at AU for a little mm-hmm. bit. It's where I met my uh, now wife. Uh-huh. And um, when I was at AU, I got a contract to make a, like a uh, commercial film. For, a, uh-huh. for another university and it was $5,000 oh, and I was like why am I going to school for right, film right. when someone's paying me $5,000 right. to make a right. two minute video right like it right. was just this funny frame of mind right. at that point right 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 no it is it is because it starts validating yeah. what you're doing so we got this $10,000 uh, contract and I was like oh my god we made it like I'm rich yeah. so I stopped tutoring and at this point you know, I think my experience, I think we need to talk about something that's really real. Like being an entrepreneur is really hard. And you, you being an entrepreneur, not just being an entrepreneur, but having a disability also yeah. is really, really hard. And so I think that at that point I fell into, I don't know if depression is the right word, but like sort of this, this like, Everybody's judging me all the time. Mm-hmm. I think primarily because of the basis of my disability. Because um, imagine, like, you grew up you grow up with people literally judging you all day, yeah. all the time. And just because you have a disability. And so, you know, I think we didn't perform the contract the way that we should have. And now in, hands, in hindsight. Um, so there was no way we were going to get a renewal. And so I was like, shit. Like, this was kind of like a one-time thing, and now what do we do? And so at that point, I was, I needed to make some money when the $10,000 rent was, they were going to run out. And so at that point, I had gotten a new apartment that was much bigger than I was expecting. It was a one, it's a one-bedroom. It's, it's still the apartment that I live today. Okay. But it's, it's a one-bedroom that is as big as a two-bedroom. And so at that point, I was like, what can I do to make some money? And so I started posting on Airbnb. And... When pe- is this chronologically, time-wise? I have to go back and see. Yeah, no, just curious. recently Yeah. So 2014, so I posted on Airbnb, and I started to get lots of people interested. To the point... I first had only one person, right? Oh, and, and my I was living with the roommate. So yeah. it was me, the roommate plus Airbnb. And I started to see that like, that was really good. Like I got to meet people from different parts of the world and blah, blah, blah. So I went from 
one person on Airbnb to at one point I was living with seven other people in, in a, a one, one bedroom in apartment. a one bedroom apartment <laughs> in a one bedroom apartment it was an incredible experience like we had to have a schedule for people to use the bathroom <laughs> because it's only one bathroom we had to have a schedule to to so that people could use the bathroom so you were making some money. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, I was making some money. And then I had to figure out also like, because people were not happy, you know, living with seven other people. And so I found this guy that made um, homemade jam. Homemade and jam? Homemade jam. Yeah. And so every time a guest would leave, I would give them homemade jam. And so that made them really happy. Like... Made them, you know, made them, like, love the experience. And I was also very intentional about listening to their stories. And, like, kind of I became sort of, like, their, not therapist, but I would listen yeah. because they were living with seven other people. So I had to, I had to to make a value add. Yeah. yeah. Right? Of, like, you're living with other people. At the same time, this is going to be an amazing experience. And so that was a really good experience because it showed me how to kind of work with other people and how to even in a situation where they're clearly not comfortable yeah, yeah. make them comfortable so i loved it that was probably one of the f most fun experiences i did it for about a year and a half a year and a half yeah yeah it was crazy then I got an, then I got an eviction notice, or I noted like if I didn't stop, I was gonna get evicted. But um, so I've been through some pretty cool experiences, some pretty hard experiences yeah. at the same time. And so all this to say, like my life has been extremely entrepreneurial, and yeah. I think people with disabilities are inherently entrepreneurial. From the moment we wake up, we have to figure out how to solve problems and we have to be creative. And so now what I do with Together International is basically how do we take the innate entrepreneurship skills of people with disabilities and harness those skills to help people with disabilities achieve whatever goals they want to achieve. Yeah. That's on one hand. And then on the other hand is we educate companies on how to think about disability as as an asset for business performance yeah where's your organization now like what's what's going on at this point i mean at this point it's incredible the growth we've had um so we have a meetup of 118 entrepreneurs with disabilities mm -hmm. Not all 118, you know, come to our meetup. Yeah. But that's like a network of entrepreneurs that we that we are in touch with and that we serve. So that's great. Uh, I think for a lot of non-for-profit entrepreneurs, it's really difficult to man. It's really difficult to manage and to understand boards mm -hmm. because as a non-for-profit entrepreneur, you were beholden to like a board of directors, yeah. and so I did three boards before two boards before this one I failed many times mm -hmm. and now our board is like solid and strong and like we all like each other and we all get you know and we all like compliment each other and for a non-for-profit organization 
having a strong board is critical because it's the basis of the organization. So that makes me really proud. Right now, we also finished the contract with the IDB, the Inter-American Development Bank. And as opposed to the other contract, this one, like we outperform every single metric and expectation. And so it it's clear that we're on the right path, that we're growing as an organization. There's there's a lot of challenges. At the same time, it's clear to me that we are in a very strong place to overcome those challenges. Yeah. What I'm I'm always curious What's sort of the structure or size of the organization? Is it you? Do you have other consultants? Yeah. I know it's a nonprofit. Yeah. So it's a non-for-profit startup. And I would say as a non... For any entrepreneur, but I think specifically for non-for-profit startups, I my biggest asset is the network of people that I know. And so I literally, I use Trello. I don't know if you're familiar with Trello. Yeah, yeah. And so on Trello, I have a I have a list that says network. And I have like a list of probably around 50 to 60 people that I contact on a regular basis and that I ask for advice and all that. And I'm very systematic against against the, you know, adjustment disorder. I'm very systematic about it. Um, And so um, that didn't answer your question, but that's one of the biggest tools that I use, like, to, to succeed as an organization. Sure. In terms of how big the organization is, so we, we are in touch with and we serve entrepreneurs with disabilities. On a regular basis, we serve about um, 20 to 15 entrepreneurs with disabilities mm-hmm. that we support constantly. Sure. We have a network of 118 entrepreneurs with disabilities. And then, so that's kind of on the people who we serve side. Got it, got it. And then on the infrastructure of the organization, we have a board of directors of four people. Mm-hmm. We have a leadership team, an all-volunteer leadership team okay. that runs the meetup. Is a group of five people, I mm-hmm. believe. And we all show up at eight in the morning on Tuesday, which I thought was pretty impressive. Like to get a bunch of volunteers yeah. to show up at eight in the morning on Tuesday. Oh, and then the other funny story is like. I think it was last week or the week before they called in and they said, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to make it to work, but I still want to call in to the meeting. (laughs) So when you know that people aren't going to work, but they're still coming to your meeting, you know you're you're onto something really cool. So we have a leadership team of five people, a board of directors of four. So that's that's how big in terms of infrastructure. No, I'm just curious when you're talking about, you know, like working on on contracts and stuff like that. If it's oh yeah, and when I contract when when I when we have contracts, I contract out. Yeah. So I so every contract, yeah, every contract that we have, I contract an assistant or somebody else to help me. No, absolutely. What's one of the more impactful pieces of advice you've received as a founder? You know, I think I don't really know how to answer the question. And the reason is because I receive extremely valuable advice every day. Mm -hmm. And I take it as really valuable advice. I listen from you. I listen from the people who we serve. I listen from my board. 
I listen. I, I yeah. am a very good listener. And so I can't say like this single piece of advice. Yeah. I guess if I could if I could summon in one piece of advice, be listen, listen. Because yeah. listening is the greatest skill I think an entrepreneur can have. What's one thing you know now that you wish you had known earlier? That I am really, really, really smart and that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Awesome. Can you share a founder you admire and why? Oh, yeah, of course. Nancy Lublin. She is the founder of Dress for Success. She's the founder of... She's not the founder, but she was CEO of a, for a long time of uh, Do Something dot org, uh-huh. and turned it into like the best youth organization out there. Uh-huh. And she's now the founder of um, Crisis Line. And why is because I think she is like a fearless non for profit entrepreneur, and she doesn't think about she she's a genius in thinking about non for profits as businesses. Yeah. And the fact that she's able to run one of the, I mean, three of the most successful not-for-profits in the country mm-hmm. at age 46 or 47, like, mind boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, it, I love that it was an instant response for you yeah. with that. Some people think about it. Some people have, you might have more, but sometimes there's a question. Right. And you was just like, boom, Nancy. Yeah. What's something that you learned recently that blew your mind? It goes back to the first question. I mean, I, I learn every day. Yeah. So I can't I can't pinpoint, like, one thing. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be the most mind-blowing, but a thing. A thing that I learned recently, I mean, just yesterday, I mean, when I was telling you the story of, like, of, like, professional versus social. Yeah. And how the curse of the entrepreneur is that there's no distinction. Yeah. Between the social and the professional. I think that is a good thing. Oh, I will tell you this. I think that the other thing that I found really important is how valuable your word is to people. Like when you say as an entrepreneur or anyone, you're going to do something. If you don't do it, it has like massive implications. Mm -hmm. Even if you think like it's a small thing, it has massive implications. So... Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's something that, that comes up in my work and just in the way I think about things also is that everything starts with, you know, some sort of commitment. Right. Whether it's a commitment to yourself internally and privately, right. whether it's a commitment externally to someone else. And that commitment is the beginning of something that becomes real. Right. You know, and there's this term language is generative, which I love or phrase. You know, it starts with that language. Right. Yeah, and I, I think... When you make a commitment, especially to somebody else, because with you, you know, you can you can talk to yourself and be like, hey, you know, we should have done this or that. <laughs> but when you make a commitment to somebody else and you don't follow through, your reputation is on the line. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like if you say, I will call you at this time. Yeah. And you don't call at that time. It might seem like a really small thing, but it says something about your ability to come through. Yeah. I I take that extremely seriously and it took me a really long time to figure out. 
Yeah, this is echoing a conversation I was having with someone yesterday about the details. Right. Like paying attention to the details and being consistent. Right. And the people that, you know, the people that we know about in society that are the most successful. And oftentimes you can think of athletes. They're right. great examples of mastering a skill set right. and it's put on display. Right. Right. It's the athletes that pay attention to the details of their game. Right. That even when they reach the, you know, metaphorical mountaintop quote unquote, they're still trying to be better. Like right. Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors beats his own records. Right. And he's been doing right. it for several years now. Right. He'll set a record right. and then right. maybe a year or two later he'll come back and beat right. that record. Because right. he's right. looking at these details right. and he's committed right. to that. Right. Right. Um, which I find fascinating. Right. I, I don't I think yeah, I agree. I think we shouldn't sometimes I think work and life can push you to not think about the details. Yeah. And I think we should always think about the details because the details is what makes the bigger picture. Yeah. No, I, that's something that it sounds like you and I could, could talk about for yeah. a while. What's, what's one thing, not the thing, what's one thing that the world is missing right now? What's one thing the world is missing right now? I mean, I think a genuine understanding of disability as an asset to performance. Yeah. I love it. That was very, that was like very <laughs> polished. Yeah. Can you, you mentioned it earlier, but can you kind of dig into that just a little bit? A genuine understanding of disability as an asset. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody with a disability has to figure out problems all the time. And so thinking about that, as a business opportunity, I think makes, is what the world is missing, yeah. right? Like, uh, let me give you an example. So we had this woman who came to us and said, hey, like, I'm really struggling to get this um, government agency to give me all, you know, to, to solve this problem that I have. And it was like a serious problem that she was facing. And we were all kind of like struck by what she was saying. And then two weeks later, she comes and she's like, I didn't just get the government agency to solve my problem. I gave them, I got them to give me six months of what they had promised they were going to give me. Yeah. Not just, you know, not just what I was looking for, but yeah. six months back. That is amazing. <laughs> like to get a government agency to not just give you what you want, but to give you six months of what you wanted originally, like... Yeah. That's incredible. That is a business skill. Yeah. Like being able to, to, to get to the highest level of a government agency and solve your problem yeah. is incredible. So we, we, again, it goes back to the question. We think about these things as like, oh, that's nice. No, it's not nice. It's like amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. You know? Yeah. No, I think that I... I, I I try not to say I agree too many times, but I say I agree right. a lot because right. it's just, it's true. You know, there's sometimes we take things for granted when they happen. And sometimes we say it's nice, like you said, right? you know, but there's a, it's legitimately important to also acknowledge when something is in fact incredible or, you know, extends beyond expectation yeah. or, you know, in spite of, or in the face of, right. you know, difference, um, Roadblocks, right? You know, or whatever they are for for an individual, uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, this was really great. <laughs> no, I'm 
so glad. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I mean, I learned a lot. I, you know, I'm sure that that listeners will pick something up. Something I always like to ask at the end is, you know, what's a good way for people to follow you, to follow your company, to follow the work you're doing, learn a little more? Yeah. So, I mean, my name is Diego Mariscal, so you can look me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, all that. Um, And then Together International. The caveat there is that Together is spelled with the number two instead of a T-O. Okay. So Together International, and you can find out more. Our meetup is Disability Startup Network, so uh, feel free to join, especially those who are entrepreneurs with disabilities. Um, Yeah, and I'm excited to see how this turns out. Cool. Thanks for joining me on The Founder's Mind. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Founder's Mind. Check back tomorrow morning for a tangent episode with Diego, where he opens up about getting the personal support you need to thrive as a founder. Also, Don't forget to check for the live stream of our panel tomorrow, September 27th at 9 a.m. Eastern on our social channels and website. To make sure you don't miss any awesome wisdom from guests and stay up to date on the most recent episodes of the show, be sure to visit thefoundersmind.com. You can also follow along on social at thefoundersmind. If you like what you're hearing on the show, take a moment to rate and review. And a little bonus, if you leave your social handle in the review, I'll be sure to give you a shout out on the Founders Mind social channels. Until next time, take care. In the world, going through all of this insanity and try to bring new ideas, make them a reality. Illuminate in the thoughts, make it a priority to implement what you learn, what you get is what you be. In a world full of noise, hard to find that clarity to try to lead subtly, never full of vanity and try to change something small or try to change humanity. Power forward through the dark, founder's mind is what you see. Mind is what you see.